Welcome to the Reggie McNeil Podcast, where we explore what it means to seek God's kingdom here on earth. Join us on our journey to become more aware of and encouraged by God's work in and around us. Reggie, out of your stuff that I have read and experienced, one of the most insightful things for me to have learned and one of the hardest things for me to have applied is this idea of scorecard. Yeah. You know, be, because I think you're right. It's so important what you, the way you keep score influences how you play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are the alternatives to dollars in the plate and butts in the seat? Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you as a consultant, here's what I have found to be genuinely helpful, uh, generally and genuinely helpful. Um, to my clients is we take the same resources that we use to pull off church, you know, the church's institution, uh, and every leader has the same set of resources. I mean, I don't care what you, it's prayer, uh, the people, people are more than resources, but they are resources, money, time, uh, you know, uh, facilities, technology. All, those are the sets of resources, the categories of resources. Well, we know how to use each of those, like I say, to make church run. But what if we take those same resources and think about reallocating them uh, into kingdom purposes? Let's take prayer, for instance. So we know, you know, we come together as church, we pray for the sick, we pray, sometimes we pray for the community, but that's one of the ways with my clients I talk about how often are we praying uh, for our city? You know, I mean, Jeremiah 29 comes to mind there. Welfare you know, the pray for the welfare of the city. If it prospers, you'll prosper. You see the change of scorecard there? Mm-hmm. You know, we were taught, I grew up in a world where, oh, if the church prospers, that'll bless the city. <laughs> you know, and to people in exile, which we feel like we are now, God is saying, I mean, how can he say that more plainly? You better pray for your city because if, if it's getting along, it's going to help you out. I mean, you know, and so, I mean, that's that's a clear, you know, so how many times are we in public worship praying for, I'll tell you, well, that came home to me really strong. So we're in India and we're dedicating a new life center. They don't call them churches, life centers. That's a kingdom uh, deal because if you call it a church, then people think certain things about the building itself. But that that facility is, is used for multiple reasons. Five out of the six prayers were for the community in the dedication service. You know, a dedication service in America. I mean, are you kidding? We pray that God will bless us for the glory of God and the, you know, and, and something which means our use. And then we produce a, a manual thicker than the foundation, you know, on how to keep the community out of the thing. Anyway, so so take prayer. You, you could actually count... Um, and celebrate how many of your folks are prayer walking their neighborhoods. If you don't think that changes things, you start prayer walking your neighborhood, you'll be amazed at what the Spirit opens your eyes to. Mm. Um, you know, you, you can, uh, I remember I told one church, take the county fair that comes. This was in Texas. The county fair was in their town. It came every fall, mm. you know. And I said, have a prayer booth. Well, you know, in my mind, I thought prayer booth. I'm thinking YWAM, you know, you spread out, you, you kind of... No, they built a booth. 
with, you know, neon signs, you know, free prayer. And they sent it to me, and I thought, oh, man, that's the gaudiest thing I've ever seen. You know, why didn't God just kill me before he let me make that suggestion, <laughs> you know? And, but then what do I know? Then they send me pictures of people standing in line waiting to be blessed and prayed for. I mean, those of us who are Jesus followers and stuff, mm -hmm. we, we take for granted. I mean, I don't wake up every day wondering if God has my back or, you know, uh, I mean, we know this. But imagine facing the world right now, mm -hmm. uh, not knowing if God is for you or against you or, or if he even mm -hmm. cares. I mean, I mean, it's just, people are desperate for life. Yeah, so, hopeless, hopeless. Hopeless. Yeah. All right, all right. But take another category. For instance, time and people. You know, a Presbyterian church that I was in last year does something I think is so smart. Every year, I mean, once a year, they have their missions conference and they bring missionaries in. But part of that missions conference is not just money for missions that they get pledged. People pledge hours mm. that they're going to spend in their community. And on the flip side, and there was a goal for that. I think it was like 17,000-something hours. And on the flip side, there were like 20 different agencies that their church has a relationship with. You know, Boys Club, Girls Club, you know, YMCA, Salvation Army, uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity, just on and on the list of things. I thought that was, and people mark off, yeah, you can, I'm, I'm going to spend, you know, an hour a week or, or whatever, you know, and, and they turn that in. Well, what does that say? I mean, what that says by even asking that question, you know, is that we think loving your neighbor is a key component of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Not just how many hours you're going to come here and support our programming, but what are you doing to make an investment? So we take each of those resources, mm -hmm. or take money. You know, we know how much comes in. How about, you know, how much are we reinvesting into the community? Uh, uh, how many jobs are we creating? Listen, when I say that, most church people here, how many church jobs? No, I'm not talking about, We know from the senior scientists at Gallup that having a full-time job is the single biggest correlative to a sense of well-being. Hmm. So when they do their well-being surveys all over the planet, I mean, and, and we're about 2 billion jobs short right now. Well, with COVID, even worse. as before COVID. Because that gives, and then you think, you, I'm talking, having a job trumps family, trumps faith when it comes to a sense of well-being. We say, well, how can that be? We don't like, yeah, I go to the earliest story in the Bible. It's not like God planting a garden and then say, oh, I got to, gosh, I got to create a man and a woman to work this sucker. No, he prepares a garden so that when Adam wakes up and Eve shows up, mm -hmm. they got work to do. Because God doesn't make people to get work done. Yeah. God made work to get people done. Yeah, work work's not a part of the fall. Yeah. It was cursed by the fall. Yeah, it yeah. was part of creation. I mean, that's that's how we become people. Yeah. So when we rob people of the chance to have a full-time mm -hmm. job, whether it's a, a system that does that or a lack of economic opportunity does, uh, th then we're diminishing life. And that's that's sin. That's anti-life. And there is a kingdom of anti-life that's working all the time, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it tries to pass itself. It's a pseudo. -life. Anyway, so in fact, there's a, a one of uh, churches in a leadership community that I was uh, facilitating. They've taken on the poorest part of their town. It's a southern city, and so there's racial components to this, uh, as well as economic components. Mm -hmm. And this lily white 
you know, uh, suburban church is making a 25-year commitment to the poorest part, the most under-resourced part of their city. And the, I think the pastor was so smart, he spent the first year of that 25 just having conversations with the pastors, all black, who are in that community, rather than, you know, here we're riding in the whites from the suburbs yeah. to save the day. You know, he's going in there and, and figure, and the first three things they've done is three business, because the black pastor said, you know what we need? We don't need another church service down here in this in part. We need jobs. So the first three things that the church is doing, three businesses they've helped form there. You know, an antique store, a coffee shop, and what's happening is these businesses are opening up, then the, you know, the, the, the drug house, the coke house, is is having to move, you know. I mean, it, it's just that that's what happens. See, so that's a changing of the scorecards. So, so they're reporting how many jobs in that yeah. part of town, you know. So you so as you get more specific about your kingdom impact, or how many kids are we doing backpacks for, you know, so that they're not hungry over the mm -hmm. weekend. These are scorecard elements that you can celebrate in your congregation with the, the kingdom impact of it, even facilities. You know, how many organizations are using our facility? You know, rather than how many are we keeping up? I'm like, there was one Lutheran congregation working with, they, they started counting the number of cigarette butts in the parking lot. Now, you know, uh, because they, but I'll tell you why, they started a recovery ministry. They wanted that number of cigarette butts in the parking lot to go up, mm. you know, I mean, it, 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 this is what I'm talking about. If we figure this out, and then I work with individual staff members on their own scorecards, like you know what the old uh, old adage was. You know how many leaders are you spending time with? Oh, I want to know how many leaders in the community are you developing relationships with. Hmm. So I'll ask a pastor. You know uh, who's the city council? Who's the mayor? How, how, wh are you developing those kinds of relationships? Because that's what's going to position the church to be yeah. people of blessing. Yep. But but to do that, you got to give up. So many of those things aren't going to bring in new members, mm. right? So, so exactly, the, we got to give up the church centric metrics that we talked about in the last. That's yeah. where the old scorecard, old scorecard's got to go. Militates against that. If you think that this is oh, and the other thing that is so disingenuous anyway. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand it, so I can imagine what people that are, you know, yeah. in, in the world, I mean, they just hold their noses. If they feel like the church is, this is another marketing deal, yeah. you know, just to get people to church, man, they got no use for that. Yeah. And guess what? I, I don't think God does either. That's what I tell my church. If you love your neighbor because you want them to become a member and fill <laughs> your budget, you don't really love your neighbor. That's you love, right. You love you. you, you you're using your neighbor to yeah. get to something. That's right. You're exactly right. Yeah. 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 So so I would take those I mean to me it people cuz when you just say scorecard people's minds go blank and their heads go blank because it's so challenging. So I just have I just literally take those same you know how can we pray differently that would be an external focus. Money, how would we know we're investing, you know, and yeah. and just really be you don't even have to be that creative. Start somewhere. Yeah. Just start celebrating yeah. another focus. And, and which, what little slice of the kingdom are we called to? Yes. And, and, and maybe even 
where are we already getting started in some of these things? Yes. Yes. You know, where where are we already where we should be measuring and Yes. If you don't like again, if you don't like scorecard measuring, celebrating. What are we getting excited about? What are we partying over? Yes. Yeah. Uh, even the number of you, you can actually keep track of the number of spiritual conversations. You know, let your members report on that. You know, now people lie like dogs. I get it. You know, and they're going to make up stuff, but that's not the point. Whatever you're asking your folks to kind of pony up for, be respond, you're saying to them, yeah. "This is what we think is important." So if the only thing we ever ask is, "Are you coming back next week and bringing a check, or are you bringing a friend with you, or you know, are you going to support this new program?" We're telling them what's really important is what you do at mm -hmm. church. The rest of that stuff is just a, you know, a paying rent so you can get to do more for the church. What a disgusting. Mm -hmm. And disempowering yeah. scorecard that is. Yeah. And our budgets reflect that. Yes. And our meeting agendas reflect yes. that. Because that's the score we're keeping. Yeah. How how are we doing it doing church? Instead of how are we doing it being viral kingdom agents yeah. and making a difference in our community, you know, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. And, and the if, sake of people. Yeah. And if you would just change the scorecard, it, it would start to shape the It score. would help. It really helps. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to change it all at once. But start. Start somewhere.